You're listening to the Michael Papinjak Show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to TMBS 75. The Michael Papinjak Show. All right, welcome. WMBS. WNBC. That's right. Someone's texting. Someone's texting. All right, let's get the show started. Here we go. TMPS 75. Um, I literally have nothing to talk about. I was at work today and I was like, guys, I have nothing to talk about. Nothing at all. Seriously. What do you guys want to talk about? Someone on Facebook Live, give me something to talk about. I think after 75 shows, I've, I've run out of shit to say. I have no guests here. I have no one. No one wants to be on the show anymore. I've never listened to my to my song this, this far in. Just run the whole thing. Yeah. That's right. Listen, this world, what's going on with this world, people? Huh? So much crazy shit. Where's Jason? Who knows, Julie? Who knows? Who knows where, where, where Jason is? I don't know. He doesn't do the show anymore. He didn't value his position here at TMPS as the co-host. Yeah, he definitely backed out on me, Julie. Why don't you be my co-host? Why don't you like... Can you like video chat in? Or something? Ooh. Maybe I should have used my phone where... Because like on my last show... My buddy John like, video chatted in. There goes the music. On my shitty iPhone. On my old shitty iPhone. <clears throat> All right. Well, so it is uh, January. The weather right now is just really, really iffy. It was like zero degrees last week, and it was like 60 degrees... Um, uh, today and we got all the snow melting and it was like raining and all this stuff but apparently it is going to freeze turn to ice and then snow a shit ton coming up in the next day or so uh, that's okay Julie um, you know I just I, I, I swear there's a way to like video chat into this thing because I did it last time but like who knows you know me I'm not great with the with the technology I'm like, great. So basically at 5 p.m., which already happened. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That must be 5 p.m. tomorrow. It's going to dip and just get cold and freeze and snow. I'm getting a haircut and a beard trim tomorrow. I cannot wait to make that happen. But we are actually, you know, gearing up for some bad weather. And on Friday when this comes out, by the afternoon, apparently we should be you know, getting some some of this rain and stuff frozen to get you know some uh, some uh, 
basically like an inch of ice, and then it's just going to snow like six or seven inches, and it's going to be a wintry wonderland in Pittsburgh. This is a Knob Creek and Coke for those who are uh, just joining in. I'm doing a solo show, so get a little drink in, relax, had a long day at work. Not very busy in January in the car industry, I have to tell you that. Um, the, but actually, today wasn't bad because the weather was nice, but and I had an appointment. I actually was kind of busy, but, um, you know, it's a very interesting month. Not a lot going on. People really are not interested in buying vehicles this time of year. But I, I, I'm, I'm hoping to try to get to get some business going. So, Julie, what's new up in Canada? What's the weather like up there? Because, you know, around like Lake Erie and stuff, it gets like 50 million inches of snow. I don't really know where you live in the Canada area if you guys get a lot of snow. I mean, it is the Great White North. Hey, I sold a car to a Canadian, Julie. How am I feeling about the Penguins? I'm not even paying attention. Listen, I'm wearing my goat shirt. Look, look, look at that. Okay? I feel like the Penguins really haven't been like like goat status lately. I think they're like struggling. I, I'm not really sure. Like everyone was like, oh, we're going to win three cups in a row. We're going to win three cups in a row. I'm like, I don't think so. I really don't. I, I think we were, I don't want to say lucky. We were fortunate to go back to back. Can you imagine going back to back in this era with the Stanley Cup? Unbelievable. Unbelievable accomplishment that, uh, yeah, I'm disappointed too. I'm super disappointed, but they lost some real key parts of their um, of their team. Okay. Oh, you know, Steve, I was going to bring that up. Oprah 2020. <laughs> You know, you know, Oprah and the, the whole thing, it's all a mess. It's all a mess. Listen, if you want to know about Oprah 2020 and all that BS, just go to my Facebook, my personal Facebook, and look at the pictures that I posted. Like most liberal, I mean, it, it should be called the hypocrisy party, okay? The uh, Democratic Party should be called the uh, hypocrite party. All you got to do is look at all the pictures of Oprah and Harvey Weinstein then there's a video of uh, Meryl Streep referring to Harvey Weinstein as God. I mean, that's all you got to look at, guys. It's such BS. I think Oprah would uh, Oprah would be like Obama in the way that the only skill that she could possibly have is campaigning, is giving speeches, is giving things away. You get free health care, and you get free health care, and you get free health care, and you get this, and you get that. You know, I mean, I, I posted a meme on my personal Facebook that is like, Oprah and Trump are both billionaires and are both on television. He had a show where it was a contest for a job in his company that people had to earn. And on her TV show, she gives free stuff away. That's all you need to know about the Republican Party versus the Democratic Party. And it should be called the hypocrite party at this point because they're all full of shit. It's just a bunch of crap. Oprah's not going to run, and if she did, she'd lose. She would lose horribly to Donald Trump. Do you really think 
the forgotten people of this country, middle America, the hardworking people of the United States who voted Trump into office are even going to give Oprah a look. Not a second look, I mean a first look. She is a big city liberal darling, and that is it. She'll win New York City and L.A. and Chicago, and the rest of the country will go red. The Republican Party and the American people voted in a billionaire with no political experience, and now the Democrats want to vote in a billionaire with no political experience, besides being buddies with Barack Obama, who himself had very little political experience on the day of his inauguration. Now, a lot more than Trump and uh, uh, Oprah, but still not a lot compared to a lot of other people. Hashtag John McCain. Hashtag Mitt Romney. Hashtag Newt Gingrich. Hashtag Rudy Giuliani. Should I hashtag some more? Seriously, Oprah 2020. I mean, what, what kind of joke is this? Because, you know, I got to be honest with you, and I said this on my show before. I voted for Trump twice, okay, in the primaries and then during the general. When I voted for him in the primaries, I loved that he was running. I've always loved Donald Trump, okay? I've always been a huge fan. And I loved that he was running, and I loved that legit I could vote for him in a primary. But I, of course, as a staunch Republican and political person myself, someone, Steve, as you know, we kind of dabbled in our uh, college days and campaigning and such and meeting politicians and things. And um, I've always been involved with the Republican Party, et cetera, et cetera. And I always kind of knew that, you know, Trump's not going to win the primary. Eventually, he's going to tire out and go back to his Trump Tower and his TV shows and stuff. And, you know, uh, Jeb Bush or someone that is actually a politician will, will you know, actually win um, the uh, primary. So when I voted for... Uh, Donald Trump, I, you know, it was kind of like one of those things where, yeah, I just, I, I didn't think he would really get to the primary. So, or, or through the primary to the general election. So I kind of just, you know, uh, voted for him because I could, because I really thought I really wanted to just vote for Donald Trump. You know, that's like really it. I just really wanted to vote for him. And, uh, then the general came around, and it was him. And I thought, well, I'm not going to vote for Hillary. That's for fucking sure. I'd never vote for her in a million years. I would just not vote if she was my only choice. I'd sit that one out. You know, imagine where we'd be right now if she was president. Oh, my God. We, we would never see her because she's too sick. She'd be fainting somewhere with those double vision glasses that she wears. You know what I mean? I mean, at least we have Trump. Visual. He's You could see him. He's out there. He's tweeting. He's doing stuff. He's actually keeping his promises. Unlike any other. You know why? Because he, he isn't a politician. And maybe that, that's what we needed for once. Someone who really went out there, campaigned, and said, I'm going to do these things. And then now he's actually doing them. And people are like, wait a minute. That's not how politics works. That's not how it works. Like, politicians don't do what they say they're going to do. Well, and Trump's like, well, I'm not really a politician. I'm a billionaire who got elected president of the United States. 
and I don't really give a shit about politics. What, what's nice about him is he doesn't need the job. A politician needs to be elected to have a job. Trump doesn't need to be a politician to have a job. That's the difference between him and the Clintons. The Clintons are career politicians. Without being elected, they don't have jobs. And they will do anything to keep their job, which is being... Now, I mean, uh, uh, Bill Clinton doesn't... He's already been president, so he doesn't have to have another job job. You know what I mean? He's a former president. They're set for life. But she's, you know, still a politician. And, you know, but for Trump, he's like, I don't have to do this to have a job or be extremely wealthy. I'm doing this to help the American people. And every politician says that, but they every but politicians don't really want to help the American people. Politicians want to help themselves. And only the American people that affect if they get elected or not. Those are the only American people that they really care about. You know, the people of their district or of their state. They don't really give a shit about the people of another state unless they're running a national campaign. But for Trump, he doesn't really care about that. Trump's like, I, I, don't, I don't need to do this job. And that's what makes him so phenomenal is he doesn't need to do it to have a job. And that's what makes him unique. And that's why people voted for him. Okay, well, we, we've had politicians. All right, let's, let's go down the list here. Obama, an experienced politician, but one nonetheless. George uh, W. Bush, hey, eight years as governor of uh, Texas. It's not too shabby. Clinton. Eight years governor of Arkansas. Uh, George H.W. Bush spent 12 years in the White House, head of the CIA. Uh, all You know, go down the list. You know, Reagan, governor of California. You know, Carter, governor of Georgia. Nixon, vice president. I mean, just you can keep going on and on. They all have experience. And some of them did well. Some of them didn't do so well. Now, God, fuck. Okay, so first it was fuck Bill Clinton. Let's, let's go back to the 90s. Let, let, let's go back to when I, I can remember. Forget Bill Clinton. He's an idiot. He's a country bumpkin. He got a blowjob in the Oval Office, lied under oath, got impeached, et cetera, et cetera. George H.W. Bush, I'm sorry, George W. Bush, you know, most people had a perception that, you know, he could read at like a, you know, third grade level, not a, not a bright guy, you know, silver spoon in his mouth, et cetera, et cetera, didn't speak too good. Uh, you know, started a couple wars. Maybe he shouldn't have. Maybe he should have. We don't know. You know, 9-11 kind of changed the world, but a bee, but a boo. Then he got Obama, who, you know, I mean, he, you know my opinion on the man and stuff. Um, oh, Steve, Carter was great. You know, I mean, Jimmy Carter, he was, you know, I mean, he's like basically one of the best presidents of all time, right, Steve? Jimmy Carter? I mean, he only had four years there, but it was a solid four years. This is sarcastic, people. I mean, if uh, I think if you're following along, you'll uh, you'll realize that my comments on Jimmy Carter are, in fact, uh, uh, you know, sarcastic. You know, you got Barry Obama. Um, we all know how I feel about him and uh, his, you know, basic lack of leadership and weakening of the United States, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, I would consider his actions almost treasonous, but you know, let's not. TMPS seventy five is not gonna 
be consumed by my views of uh, Barack Obama and what he may or may not have done, et cetera, et cetera. So people are fed up. Can you imagine? Eight years of Bush, everyone's fed up. The left, fed up. Okay. Oh, the Iran hostage crisis? I mean, that was really a class act, Steve. Real class act there. I mean, if, uh, you know, if there's, if there's really an accomplishment by a president in the 20th century, I think that was it. So you got eight years of the left pulling their hair out because of George W. Bush and the fact that he was elected twice. Then you got eight years of the right, you know, shooting themselves in the foot just to forget about the fact that Barack Obama's president. And so you got both sides totally whacked out of their minds after eight years of Bush and then eight years of Obama. We're left with Hillary Clinton, one of the worst candidates in the history of politics, not just the Democratic Party, but of both parties. I mean, literally, we've said this many times on the show, but I will reiterate that they literally released a video of Donald Trump saying, grab him by the pussy, and she still lost. That is the candidacy of Clinton. So it's like the American people, you know, the majority of the states, whatever, decided to go in a different um, direction. Now we're in that different direction, and now people are touting Oprah 2020, which is ridiculous, won't happen. She, she, she won't get through a primary. I mean, because, like, think about it. Do you think she really... Do you, I mean, you know, I listen to Howard Stern a lot, as my listeners know. And even he talks a lot about how, like, why would Trump want to do this? And people talked about it during the election. The guy's a billionaire. He's got all these homes and planes. I mean, he basically lives like a president. Multiple residences, right? A residence in the north, Trump Tower, White House... A residence, you know, somewhere else, you know, Camp David, he has Mar-a-Lago, wherever, like, the. I mean, where did Obama go? Hawaii. He's from Hawaii. Where did Bush go? Texas. He went to his ranch in Texas. Reagan went to California. Nixon went to California. So there's always some kind of other. So basically, Trump is living like a president without, without having the responsibility of a president. So why, like, so to Howard Stern, you know, Trump was a big, uh, um, uh, guest on Howard Stern. So like, you know, in his mind, it's like, why, why would he even want to do that job? You know, so what would really motivate Oprah to do the same? Maybe the fact that he did it in one. But again, can you imagine? I don't know. It's really interesting. And it's all because of the Golden Globes. Who the hell watches the Golden Globes? You know, I didn't watch it. I didn't even know the Golden Globes were on. You know, that's how busy I am. I don't even care. Nor would I have watched them because I knew it was just going to be every speech was going to be this and that and blah, 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 blah. Just, oh, my God, just, you know, shoot me now kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And honestly, with the Internet these days, I don't even know why we have award shows. I think they should nominate people and then just, you know, give out the award and, uh, you know, like online or something, and this is this is what they should do. They should nominate people like they usually do, and then you have the voting process, right? They should announce the winners online, or make like a YouTube video announcing all the winners, 
ship the trophies, you know, to the winners. And then each winner could make a YouTube video of their acceptance speech. That way they can make it as long as they want. They can prepare. They don't have to get, like, cut off by music. We don't have to worry about a host who isn't funny or, you know, we don't have to worry about technical issues or delays or this. And because like, it's kind of like late night television. You know, my, my dream in life was to be, you know, the host of like the tonight show, like a late night host or something. But think about how irrelevant those shows are. You know, think about back when Johnny Carson did it and let's say Burt Reynolds was on. Well, there was no internet to go look up information on Burt Reynolds' new movie. So what did you do? You you tune you turn you yeah you tuned into the Tonight Show, and well we have a we have Burt Reynolds on on the show, Ed. We have Burt 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 Reynolds, and uh, he's here to talk about his new movie, on um, a Deliverance. You know, and like you would hear about the movie and be wow, okay, it's coming out this time, and it's about this and. Wow, look, there's Burt Reynolds, you know, because like right now, if I wanted to, I don't know why I picked Burt Reynolds, but I did. I can just go online, type in his name, and pretty much view every single picture that's ever been taken of Burt Reynolds. You know, well, back then, the only way to see him was to watch The Tonight Show or any other variety show and go see him in his movies or on TV. So, like, the dynamic has changed. Like, do we need award shows to still? Like, who really cares? I don't have to watch the Golden Globes. I can just Google it the next day or, like, watch a live Twitter feed while I'm doing something else and just go, oh, look, that person won and that person won, so I don't have to listen to their stupid speeches. You know, because, you know, for me, none of those people align with my political beliefs, so... Why would I waste my time listening to them dribble, dribble on and on? So really, is it necessary to have the, the award shows? Because I don't really care to see all these people in the same room at the same time. You know, back in the day, it was the only way to see all those people in the same room at the same time, where now you can just Google everything. It's interesting. It's a very interesting dynamic now with the Internet, with, like, Google, like... I'm surprised that those shows, The Tonight Show, I'm surprised they're still on, to be completely honest. I really am. I, I, I don't really know who still watches them. I used to love Conan. I mean, I used to try to watch Conan every night. And then, you know, he got The Tonight Show, then he was booted from The Tonight Show, and his TBS show, it just, I don't know. I just kind of fell out of it. You know what I mean? Because he's a super lib, too, so everything's kind of skewed in, like, one direction. I mean, I think that's one of my one of my big problems is uh, when I got, like, really political and then everything now is just so negative and they just can't, like, they, they, they just can't be. Everything has to be a big, you know, production and a big everything. And, you know, you could be watching it and I don't know. It's just... I think that's why I like my job now. It's not really political. It's just about cars. It's all we talk about is cars. Cars aren't political. Well, I guess when you get into hybrids and electric cars, maybe. The environment, global warming. But, you know, I'm not selling them. I mean, I have hybrids, but we rarely sell them. It's funny. We don't really sell many hybrids. 
I'm trying to think. Did I, I, I've sold one hybrid. I've been there since June. I've probably sold like 50 cars so far. I think I've sold one hybrid. Just one. People really aren't that interested in them. Now, maybe, maybe they're just not interested in Lexus hybrids. Maybe they're buying Priuses. They're cheaper. Maybe they're buying Toyota hybrids of other kinds than just Prius. I don't know. Maybe, you know, I, I see a lot of Teslas in Pittsburgh. I don't know what you guys see, but, um, um, oh, cars not manufactured in, um, in the U.S. Everything is political, Steve. Well, you know, uh, I'm trying to think. The ES350 and the ES, well, the ES in general, the midsize sedan, that is actually built in, in Kentucky. I'm sure they, they probably build some in Japan, but the ones that we get are built in the USA. It is a Japanese company, but at least they're, they're built here. The RX350, those are built in Canada. And I think everything else is built in Japan. I'm trying to think. I think just those two. The RX is built in Canada, and the ES is built in uh, Kentucky. But I guess I mean amongst like among like the sales staff. Like we just joke around with with each other, talk about cars. It doesn't get political, you know. I mean, imagine me in the arts. I mean, me and with opera and everything. You know, I, I couldn't really talk about my 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 beliefs and such. I mean, I probably talked about it here and there and all of that, but. You know, and you got to kind of, you know, but do I keep it to myself? Not really, because I don't really believe in that. Because they get to talk about their beliefs all day long. And then I talk about mine. And all of a sudden it's, it's you know, it's bad. You know, it's not, it's not right. It's not, I mean, it's like, you know, I think I'll talk about what I want to talk about when I want to talk about it. And because you're allowed to do that. So I'm, I'm going to do that. You know, Julie, if you're still watching, I don't know if you're still watching, but I really haven't been watching many, many Pens games. Uh, I really don't start watching till the uh, playoffs. There's just too many games to watch. Um, I don't think I've watched one Steeler game this season. I know that we're in the playoffs now and we're, we did pretty well, but you know, the NFL has, um, has become such a disaster uh, as far as the refereeing and the calls and what is a catch, what isn't a catch, the the replay. I think Adele is an idiot. The obvious favoritism towards the Patriots, this, that, and the other. It's really just at this point such a waste of time. And I, I just don't really have much interest in football. Um, you know, I think if we go to the uh if we go to the Super Bowl which I don't think we will, but if we do, I guess I'll watch that. But, you know, I mean, I know unless some miracle happens, I'm assuming they're, they're, they're basically thinking the AFC Championship will be against the Steelers and the Patriots, and we all know who's going to win that game. So, honestly, what, what, why should I watch? You know, it's almost like they've just fixed it. You know what I mean? You know, it's almost like, well, the Patriots are going to win, so thanks for showing up. Hey, and you know what? And I bet some people feel like that about the uh, Penguins. I I know there's some feeling like that. If you want to, you know, call like Crosby kind of like the 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 Tom Brady of hockey. You know what I mean? I I bet there's some. Oh well, the Penguins will just win. The Penguins will just win. Yeah, I don't know about that. 
I think hockey is a very different sport. I think it is a much harder championship to win. I think it is a much longer road to get to the Stanley Cup than it is to the Super Bowl. A much longer road. Think of how many games, hockey games, are played compared to football. Now, I know football is a high, con- a high uh, contact sport. Yeah, it's hard to compare them. I know they're very different. But, uh, you know, I think hockey is a much, much longer and harder road than football. And then, of course, baseball. Uh, us here in Pittsburgh, it's not even worth talking about baseball, which is sad. Especially you have such a nice uh, storied franchise in the Pittsburgh Pirates. But that won't change until the ownership changes. As long as Nutting owns the team, it's never going to change. He's a banker. My grandfather always said he's a banker. He's not an owner. He's a banker. He gets to make, let's say, $30 million a year from that team. And it doesn't matter if they win or lose, he makes $30 million. And he gets to put that in the bank and continue doing and build ski slopes. And he doesn't care if they win or lose. He's, he's not really a baseball owner. He just owns a team and worries about his ski slopes. Though I got to say, Seven Springs does have a pretty good sporting clays uh, uh, thingamajig, a sporting clays uh, uh, course. I got to say that it's pretty awesome. I I mean, you know, I haven't shot in forever. I got to get back to shooting. I got to do it. This Sunday if the weather's okay, I think I'm just going to I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to get up. I might just on Saturday night go to my mom's house that way I can wake up, get my gun out, go to the range and shoot. I moved back to Pittsburgh to be closer to family and to shoot guns. I didn't shoot guns at all. See, I think that's what it is. Like when I was in New York, I just got used to not being able to do skeet, trap, sporting clays, five stand, etc. And I think I moved back to Pittsburgh. I don't live close to the club. I only get Sundays off because I usually have to work on my day off. You know, this Friday when the show comes out, I don't plan on going into work, but there are two, you know, two things that I might have to go in and take care of. The weather's going to be crappy. I'm really hoping it just doesn't happen. I might just tell this customer. You know, like if the weather is just not going to be good tomorrow, let's just plan on doing. I mean, you see, it's the ice. Okay, if it was just snow, snow is one thing, but ice, you can't mess around with ice. Doesn't matter if you have four wheel drive, all wheel drive, it doesn't matter. Ice is ice, and you can't mess with it. It's just dangerous. He says it's going to take me an hour to get to the dealership. I'm like, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe you should just stay home. And we can figure this out another time. Because I don't think the car that you want is going to go anywhere. I don't think people are lining up in that kind of weather to come and buy it. So I really wouldn't worry about it. But, you know, I, I really should just make an effort. It's something that I love. And isn't it weird that it's something that I love, but I just don't find time to go and shoot. And I think it's mostly because Sunday is my one true day off. Yeah, I really, um, I was leaving work today, and I thought, Jesus, I really uh, have nothing to talk about today. There's usually something. I think I got a suggestion um, to talk about my New Year's resolution, which is always to work out more and lose weight. 
I did on Monday and Tuesday get down to my little basement gym. I lifted. Uh, Jason got me this book on kettlebell exercises, which I'm using. And uh, I, you know, kind of like going through it and checking out the different exercises, how to do them properly. I did it Monday. I did it Tuesday. Wednesday, I didn't do it. And tonight, I'm doing the show and most likely will not also do it. So there goes the working out. I mean, New Year's resolutions, I don't really know who came up with this. And every year, it's the same for me. Just get in shape, lose weight, get stronger. It never happens. So I've just stopped making that resolution. What do you guys do? Hey, anyone watching or listening, anyone have a New Year's resolution out there? Email the show, the Michael Hinchak Show at gmail.com. I love to hear about your New Year's resolutions. If you're actually keeping them, we're now 11 days or actually, I guess I'm, I'm recording on Thursday, of course. So when this comes out, 12 days into January, I, I've already just not even remotely, I never even really started mine or even tried. I don't diet. I had Chick-fil-A for lunch. You know, Coke, I, I drink pop all day long to keep myself going just to get the caffeine. So I really should bag all soda. I mean, not, this isn't good. I'm drinking a Coke right now. I really should just bag all soda, all pop, get rid of it out of my diet, cut as much sugar out as possible. You know, I mean, it's probably not going to work. But because I, I just, I don't know, you just get busy. And like, I'm sitting there, I got to make this many phone calls. I got to do this, got to do that. I, and we got these these little pops, right? They're not full cans. They're like they're like little pops. I pound a Coke or a Pepsi, get get that zing of caffeine, and just freaking just like go for it. You know, drink green tea instead of pop. Steve, green tea, is that any good? I don't know if I'm going to like green tea. Does that have a lot of like caffeine in it? Because I need that. I need, I need, I still need a boost, right? You know, because I, I don't drink coffee. I really don't like coffee. So I need something to, you know, give me that boost so I can, you know, get, get rolling. You know what I mean? So I could really like just get like moving along and get my phone calls done. And we got to write 10 letters a day and all this stuff. So, you know, I just, I got to find something to do. And, uh, but I think if, if my new year's resolution is losing weight, getting in shape, whatever, that's one thing. But like I said before, you know, getting, getting back to shooting, getting back to going to the range to get, get my skeet game back together I have all these guns and I have all this equipment and I'm just not using it anymore because I'm busy and on Sundays I need to do laundry and run errands and all this, that, and the other. But, you know, you got to make time for things that you'll love to do and that's just how it is because if you don't, you will go insane. So Steve says, yes, green tea is. Uh, it doesn't have as much caffeine as coffee, but it, it but it does have caffeine. So you're, you're, you're recommending the green tea now, do you recommend, is it is it like, is green tea a hot tea? Is it a cold tea? Can I buy it? Do I need to get the little, little tea bags and dip it in a mug? How would you recommend, Steve, consuming, uh, consuming the green tea? What is your, what is your preferred consumption method of the green tea? Because I only drink tea when I, I can't sing. When I have like a sore throat, I have this like throat coat tea. The it's the only tea that I I drink. I don't really drink any other tea but throat coat tea. Like I'm not like I'm not like a I'm not like a tea guy or a coffee guy. Why 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 can't pop be good for you, man? Why why can't stuff that I like just be good for me? 
you know? That, that's the cruel. That's God being cruel. He's like, all right, people. I've, I've created you. You're, you're welcome. Uh, basically, I'm going to put a lot of stuff on this planet. A lot of awesome stuff. And you're going to figure out how to make a lot of awesome stuff. But it's all going to be bad for you. But here's the deal. I'm going to put in the earth a lot of good stuff that's really good for you, like, like green tea and like apples. But you're going to be like, fuck that. I'm getting a Big Mac. But it's not going to be good for you. But what I'm going to give you, because think of whatever God gives us, that's good. You know, what did he give us naturally? Fruits, vegetables, meat, you know, what God gave us naturally, that's good stuff. What we've created, God didn't give us this. We created this. We created it. We took what God gave us and turned it into stuff that's bad for us. See what Steve said. Steve, you are an expert on tea. Right now, you are the TMPS expert on tea. Get used to it. Get used to it. You do green tea hot. Okay. I, I, I think I would prefer hot tea over cold tea. Like, is iced coffee good? Why do people do iced coffee? Who was like, coffee is served hot. No, I, I'm going to serve it cold and see how that goes. Man, it's slow at work. It's slow. I got two cars out. It's the 11th. It's like pulling teeth. Just, you know, and someone wanted to negotiate today. I don't know how many times I have to tell people that we don't we don't negotiate. It's unbelievable. And like it's like listen. I'm they're like they're like we'll give you this much. I'm like no. The answer is no. I've told you a 100 times. At some point it becomes like you're yelling at them. Cuz they they don't believe you. Customers don't believe you. They think that this whole negotiation-free policy is just like some hip new trend. And when it really comes down to brass tacks and they really, really want the car and you really, really want to sell it, you will negotiate. But guess what, people? No, we won't. We actually won't. And I think that makes our policy and our system really strong because at the end of the day, we have the integrity to say no. Our policy, our culture is that we want to give everyone who walks into the door of our dealership the same fair deal on the car. And we want to be upfront. I I literally showed someone an invoice the other day. You don't show people invoices of what the car is. They're like, we want to see the invoice. I went to my manager and he was like, Yeah, show him the invoice. I was like, What? I thought the invoice was was, you know, at regional headquarters, locked in a safe. No, no, there it is. Show it to him. But that's what the Lexus Plus culture is. Honesty. We're not there to try to pull one over on you. We're, I am not there to sell you a car. I am there to help you buy a car. What do you want? You really want this? Let me help you buy it. And the first step in helping you buy it 
is giving you an upfront market-based fair price for the vehicle with no negotiation, with no going back and forth. I mean, after two or three proposals, I mean, which one's the best deal? I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. Guess what? I'm going to give you the best deal right out of the gate. Rock and roll. But people just don't believe you. Like this lady was like, I'll give you this for the car. And I said, no. And then she went up like 500 bucks. Okay, how about this? And I was like, no, this is the price. And it's really funny because you get a little frustrated. I wasn't yelling at her per se. That's I wasn't. It was just more of like, uh, <laughs> listen. And I actually, I just, I didn't, I didn't hang up on her, but I said, I'm going to go because this isn't working. You're not listening to me. And then this is what she says. Every time I, I tell her, uh, no, there's no negotiation. This is the price. She goes, okay, think about it and call me back. And I actually said, I said, listen, I just thought about it. I'm not negotiating with you. I actually said that to her. I don't have to think about it. Because, you know, in my mom's long history of car shopping, she would tell me how she would tell a dealer or tell a car salesman, okay, I'll give you this much for a car. And then she would leave when they said no. Then the next day they would call and they would cave and agree to my mom's price on the car. So I guess what people think is that I tell them, no, this is the price of the car. We don't negotiate. And then the next day after they leave, they expect a call from me caving and saying, okay, we'll, we'll give it to you for what you want. And I've actually had people like, why, why didn't you ever call me? And it's like, I never called you because we don't negotiate. So why would I call you? Like the price is the price of the car. It's not going to get better in 12 hours. It is what it is because it's the same for you as it is for her as it is for him. And so if you go down the row in a neighborhood and five houses have an RX350 in every driveway, all from Lexus of North Hills, you know that those five people all got a similar fair deal. Is it fair that because your neighbor is a better negotiator than you, that you pay more for a vehicle than them? That doesn't seem very fair, does it? Not at all. This is a big purchase, people. It's a big purchase. So, but, but some people, they just don't believe it. They literally don't believe it. I actually had a customer tell me that he has a friend who works at another dealership that has negotiation-free pricing. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, they will negotiate just to sell the car. So he actually said to me, um, he said, I'm assuming that, that that's your same policy. So when I come in tomorrow, let's make sure that I get a really good deal. And I said, I said, no, I said, no, that's not our policy. I said, I will not. I told him, I said, I will not negotiate with you. So if you plan on coming in tomorrow to negotiate, it's not going to happen. And he, it was like silence, right? He's like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, yeah, don't, uh, you know. And what's funny is, like I said, people think, like I had a customer go, yeah, I know, Mike, but you, I really want the car. And I said, I know you do. He goes, okay, well, then come down to my price. And I said, no. 
He goes, but Mike, I really want the car. And I said, uh, great, I really want to sell it to you. But I am not going to move the price of the vehicle. And it was a pre-owned car, so really there's no, like, you know, with, with new cars, there's the MSRP, the Lexus Plus price, which is lower, and that's the selling price. On a pre-owned car, the price is the price. There's no, there's no incentives. There's no extra this or that or the other. The price of the car is the price, and that is it. You know, like, that. that's final. And he's like, yeah, but I really want the car. And I'm like, and I, I know you do. It, literally, we went back and forth five times. I'm not negotiating. Yeah, but Mike, I really want the car. And I said, I'm not negotiating. Yeah, but Mike, Mike, I really want the car. And I said, and I really am not going to negotiate. And it took a long time for him to finally realize the price of the car is the price of the car. But this is... Can you imagine the uphill battle that this system has after decades, decades of a culture where you go to a dealership and you negotiate just like you do when buying a house? Because the two biggest purchases in a person's life is their house and their car. And I guess their, their education, but let's talk about, an education is a, uh, not, not a really a physical thing per se, like, a, like an object, a house physical thing, a tangible thing, and a car, another tangible thing. Huge purchase. To be completely honest, Lexuses, I mean, who buys Lexuses? Old people. Let's just be honest. I mean, I had a guy, he's like, I've been negotiating for cars since 1945. You think he likes coming in and, and hearing this kid tell him that he can't negotiate? So guess what he does? He goes down to Jaguar and he buys a car there because guess what they're going to do? They're going to um, negotiate. So that customer we lose. But then there's customers that come in who love it. They're like, great, we don't want to negotiate. We don't want to waste time. We don't want to spend six hours in a dealership. How much is the car? Can we afford it? If so, rock and roll. You know? And then you have people like this one guy who went back and forth, but yeah, I really want to buy the car. He eventually bought the car. Because he just he really wanted the car. But he thought if he, you know, pulled it out, played the game, you know, tried to call my bluff. There's no bluff, people. I don't care if you're my mom or someone who I never met. I can't negotiate. Sorry, mom. I can't negotiate. I'd love to. You're my mother. I love you very much, but I can't. I'm not allowed. I, I think it's, I think, you know, it's, it's an interesting place to work. And I don't know if I could ever work at any other dealership. Because I would literally have to start over. Let's say I, I went next door to another, because you know, I on where I work, it's all dealerships. If I just went to a different dealership that did not have a negotiation free process, that it was old school, traditional dealership with negotiation, excuse me, with negotiation and, and everything, it would literally be like having a completely new and different job. I would have to literally start over. Now, there's always a learning process. You have to learn their computer systems and the, the you know, like all the sheets you fill out and how finance works, et cetera, et cetera. There's all those kind of things. But literally, I don't know what it is like to sit across from a customer. I mean, I, I basically work, it's like a regular retail job. I worked at Nordstrom for how long? No one ever came up to me with a pair of Ferragamos that were $600 and said, I'll give you 500. And then I said, well, 
how about, you know, 580? And they're like, okay, how's like 525? Then we had it at 550 and called it a day. Here, the, the, the shoes are 600 bucks. Swipe your credit card and you go home. Like that's basically how I sell cars. You come in, this is the price. Take it or leave it. Congratulations or sorry, we couldn't make a deal. Let's make a deal. Everyone right now, everyone, everyone right now. You're, I don't care if you're listening in 2018 or 2025. Whenever you're listening to this show, go on YouTube, type in The Badger and watch all the Badger videos. Um, I'm trying to think of my favorite. My favorite, I mean, the, the, I think I think the classic is The Badger teaching another salesman how to sell cars. Like, you get to know them, ask them what they do. You 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 talk to them a little bit. You get to know. You ask ask them about their life, and then kapowie! You just sold yourself a car. <laughs> I think that's my favorite. Um, the one about wiggle room, wiggle wiggle won't wiggle wiggle. The wiggle one's really funny. I mean, the classic is when he approaches the woman and says, "Can I help you?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'd like to buy this car." And he goes. Well, when your husband gets here, I'll help you out. She goes, no, it's just for me. He goes, well, no need to look under the hood then. Well, the, the, here's the steering wheel, and, and here, here's, here's the mirror where you put on your makeup. Hey, honey, come back here. Where are you going? The Badger taught me everything that, that I know about selling cars. Kapowie! I, I, I should wear the goat. Woo! Sorry, I'm wearing my uh, goat shirt that Jason got me. I hope Jason's watching. Julie, if you're still watching, he got me this shirt. I swear, it's a uh, very. It, I, I got. If a year ago you told me, Mike, you'd be selling cars, I'd be like, you're fucking crazy. I don't know the first thing about cars. I don't know anything about cars. It's funny because I work with people who know so much about them. Their knowledge is incredible. Like, what is a strut? I have no idea what a strut is. I don't know what part of the car it is. I don't know where it goes. If there was a strut on the floor next to me, I wouldn't even know it. If a strut hit me in the head, I would I would not wake up and go, did I just get hit by a strut? No idea. Someone asked me, how does hybrid technology work? I said, listen, don't worry about it. You get better gas mileage. Just accept it and move on. I actually had a customer, though, she thought a hybrid car needed to be plugged in. I said, no, think of what the word hybrid means. The word hybrid means a combination of two or more things into one. That's a hybrid. Therefore, you have gasoline cars, the classic car, and you have electric cars a la Tesla. One has an engine, one does not. One is fully electric and battery powered, and you have to plug it in. One, you go to the gas station. If you should put those together, that's a hybrid. And I said to her, I had to literally explain. I said, ma'am, this car that says hybrid has a gasoline engine. It has a real, she thought you had to plug it in at night. I said, no, it has a real engine, but it also has a battery that's charged while you run the car. So when you're at when you're stopped or at low speeds, it reverts to battery power and doesn't waste gas. And I basically told her in a 2017, I get on a full tank, I think like a 350 mile range or something like that. 
The hybrid version, when fully um, gassed up, is over a 500-mile range. That's how I explained it. And I think that finally sunk in. But she thought you had to plug them in. Nope. It's self-charging. The battery charges as you drive. Well, I think I'm done for TMPS 75. I really don't have much to say. Well, you know what? I did have a friend tell me she wanted me to talk about um, she wanted me to talk about Star Wars um, Episode Eight. Uh, I honestly can't remember if I already talked about it, but I'm going to talk about it again because I, I just want my my thoughts to be uh, on record and made very clear. Um, episode Eight was a disappointment, I think, as a lot of people uh, feel, especially the diehard Star Wars fans. Uh, you know, Disney has taken over and Disneyified Star Wars for better or for worse, and I think it is right now for worse. Now, I thought The Force Awakens was really good. I thought it was a really great, re, you know, I don't know if reintroduction is the right word, but kind of, you know, uh, something new for Star Wars. Um, but 8 went really way off the rails. Um, Poe Dameron is a waste of space. Um, honestly, you could get rid of him altogether. I really feel they should just kill this character off, not even had him. Basically, what they did is they took Luke Skywalker, right? Okay, like we need to have all the components of Luke Skywalker in this movie, okay? So you have Rey, who is the Force user side of Luke Skywalker, and then you have Poe Dameron, who is the X-Wing side, fighter side of Luke Skywalker, but when they aren't together, you have a really cool character in Ray, who has the Force, and then you have a useless character in Poe Dameron, who all he does is fly an X-Wing really good and doesn't use the Force. So in my opinion, you could literally, if this happened in Episode Nine, I would be happy. I literally would jump for joy. Get rid of Poe Dameron have him nowhere in the script he's just off doing something else you can maybe in the first scene say oh poe now nah, poe poe had to go mm. i'm gonna start a campaign a hashtag hashtag is it, is it hashtag poe had to go he's a waste of space character finn useless finn is literally useless he has nothing to do with anything and then they paired him with Rose, who is also useless. Has nothing to do with anything. Phasma, who is a waste, she's out. Snoke, they completely wasted Snoke. I don't know what they're going to do with him in 9. Um, I, don't want, I don't like spoilers, so I'm not going to get into what happens to these characters or whatever. But Snoke, total, total waste. They could have had a huge moment in that movie where Snoke explained in, in the villain monologue like he should have had. He could have explained exactly who he was, where he came from, could have given everyone the chills, could have been like, you know, you know, basically I guess the story is that he was like a you know, a big uh, dark force user, um, kind of maybe not technically a Sith. 
like in the outer rim. And he obviously, from his appearance, got fucked up somehow and never really healed properly. Should have used Neosporin on that thing on his head, but never really healed up properly. And uh, basically was so weak that he just hung out in the outer rim while Darth, while Darth Sidious, um, a.k.a. Emperor Palpatine, uh, you know, basically took over, took apprentices in Darth Maul, Darth Tyrannus, Darth Vader, and just kind of took over the universe. And then once Vader and um, Sidious were killed, he, you know, took advantage of the Skywalker tendency to uh, be attracted to the dark side. Uh, you know, basically uh, manipulated Ben Solo into becoming Kylo Ren and then kind of reignited the Sith master-apprentice relationship. And there could have been like a whole thing about like I waited until Sidious ruined everything and I swooped in and to fill in after he fucked up and Darth Vader died and I found my new apprentice. And it could have been this whole big thing about who he was and where he came from. And then they totally screwed up the moment about who's raised who Ray's parents are, which I don't even believe. I have no faith in what Kylo said about Ray's parents. Again, I won't say what he said because I don't like spoilers, but like that moment was completely botched. There was no saber on saber fight in this movie. I believe it is the first Star Wars film, official film, that did not have. Okay, because here's the deal I just watched Rogue One the other day, it's on Netflix. Rogue One. There was no saber on saber battle in Rogue One, but Rogue One is not a uh, trilogy. Fi- it's not a. It's not a uh, a trilogy uh, film. It's not part of. It's it's not an episode. Okay, so that's okay. Rogue One's its own thing. I think Rogue One's a phenomenal movie. But this movie had a lightsaber battle in it, which I thought was actually pretty cool, but it was not a saber on saber. It's really hard to do when you're like, okay, it's not a saber on saber thing. It's more two people using lightsabers to do other things. They're not fighting each other with the sabers. They're fighting other things. Again, I won't get into it, but so let's let's recap so I can kind of follow my own, not drunk, but slightly tipsy Star Wars logic here. So Poe Dameron, out. Waste of space character. Finn, out. Has nothing to do with Star Wars. Rose, They introduced a character that has nothing to do with Star Wars. Okay, the whole premise of the movie was stupid. It was so dumb that I feel it was a waste of Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher's time. The late Carrie Fisher, may she rest in Star Wars peace. Princess Leia. Like, and even Mark Hamill said he hated it. He was like, you have done Luke Skywalker completely wrong. Like, Luke Skywalker would not have done these things. This is completely against what a Jedi would do. And you have have done it. And he said, I hated it. He's like, I don't like this. You turned Luke into an asshole. Luke Skywalker's not an asshole. Also, my whole point in all this, with Poe and Finn and Rose and Phasma and Snoke and all this bullshit, is that Star Wars is not the... Is is the story... I'll tell you what it is and what it's not. It is the story of... The Skywalker family. The first six movies are the story of Anakin Skywalker. Whether that includes him as a Padawan, as a Jedi Knight, as a member of the council, they didn't make him a master, as apprentice to Darth Sidious and his rise as Darth Vader, to his fight with Obi-Wan, to 
him becoming half man, half robot in what we see as Darth Vader to then dying. It is the story of Anakin Skywalker and the Skywalker family. The new movies have Skywalkers in them, but have just are not, they're just, I mean, Kylo Ren is a Skywalker because his mother is a Skywalker. So he is in fact a Skywalker. You know what I mean? So he is of that bloodline. So really the movie should really revolve around Ray, Kylo Ren, and Skywalkers. That's it. You know, there's always other characters, tons of other characters involved in Star Wars. Star Wars has countless characters, but they always were related to and involved with the people closest to the Skywalkers. Boba Fett was a bounty hunter hired by Darth Vader, who was Anakin Skywalker, to hunt basically Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, etc. So it's not like Poe Dameron, who has nothing to fucking do with anything. What is his significance? Why does he exist? Then you have Laura Dern in there, who was the most annoying, weird-looking Star Wars character of all time. She looked like she had just come back from a rave. She was a complete bitch. Laura Dern can't play anything but a bitch because she has that face. She has a bitch face. She has the resting bitch face. Like, she just looks like a bitch. Like, if I saw her on the street, if I, like, approached her, I'd feel like, wow, this woman really hates her life. Just always has a puss on her face. Total waste. Total waste. But the premise of the movie, think about the premise of the movie. The premise of Star Wars, Episode Eight. Okay, I'm doing my, my Donald Trump hands, okay? It was not a good movie, okay? Make Star Wars great again. Is that the Rebel Fleet... <laughs> Let's talk about it. The Rebel Fleet was here, okay? And they were they were putzing along. And here here's the here's the the first uh, order fleet and and they just can't quite catch up to each other. Like the rebel fleet is going just fast enough where Kylo and his buddies can't catch up. So as the rebels run out of gas, they they shoot down the ships. So it's this weird slow chase thing that doesn't make any fucking sense. And they tried to put this thing in like, well, if we go to hyperspace, we'll run out of gas or something. It was just weak. It was super, super weak. And it was weakened more by, like every time Finn was on the screen and every time Poe was on the screen, I'm like, get them off. Like, what's Ray doing? What's Luke doing? Where's Leia? Like where 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 where's Kylo? Where are the Skywalkers? And I don't know who Ray is. Well, this is my theory about Ray. Anakin Skywalker was born of the Force. He has no father. The story is that Darth Sidious manipulated metachlorians that he learned from Darth Plagueis to create in a woman, Allah Jesus Christ, basically a Force Messiah that would bring balance to the Force. When he was born, he has no father. He is born of basically, I mean, I mean, can we, can we talk about Jesus here? You know, it's the whole thing. It's a, it's a age old story. So he is born Anakin Skywalker. 
He is not from a force user in his mother, though if you believe Sidious actually created him, then he is of the force in that way. Hence his really high metachlorian count. He is born as the one, Neo style, Jesus style. Okay? He goes, eventually brings balance to the force by killing Emperor Palpatine and then dying himself, leaving no Sith alive and only the Jedi, even though that didn't go well with Snoke, et cetera, et cetera. So the story is that every generation has their own one, has their own ultimate force user that is so one with the force, okay, so one with the force that, you know, they're just basically good at it. They're a natural because they're they're just so in tune to it. Once they get get the knowledge of it, they just become super good force users like right away. They they have great brains, okay, like me. They're super force users, okay? So she is the one. She does not come from she is okay, so I mean, basically the point is that maybe she isn't a Skywalker then. She is just the next one. She's the next Anakin Skywalker of her generation, the next one to become such a powerful force user that she herself brings balance to the force. But if they go beyond these three trilogies, episodes one through nine, will the next set of trilogies, will Disney continue to episode 10, 11, 12, and have Rey turn to a Darth Vader type person? and basically have a whole new thing. I don't think so, though knowing Disney, they will squeeze every dime out of Star Wars that they possibly can. Every dime. Every, every dime that they possibly can. Because why not? I would. If I owned Star Wars. But would I? Actually, wait. I just said that. But now I don't know because Star Wars to me is so special. Is it better to have quality over quantity? I thought Rogue One was a really good movie. And I thought it was a story worth telling. And it was really great to see the legit Darth Vader back on screen. And he had in that movie probably the best Darth Vader scene of all time. The only scene that we really get of Darth Vader where he's actually legit using his powers as we want to see him using his powers force choking and throwing people and grabbing groups of guns and pulling them back and using his lightsaber and slashing it around. You know what I mean? They have a Han Solo movie coming out. I was talking to a coworker about how I, I really want to see a movie with Ewan McGregor as the exiled on Tatooine watching over Luke, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and like kind of seeing what was he doing on Tatooine hanging out as an exiled Jedi. Maybe get the Cantina Band, Mos Eisley, you know, go old school. Maybe see like a young Luke, just like have him watching a young child, like that's Luke Skywalker. Maybe Darth Vader could be in that movie. He could fucking be in that movie, like looking for Obi-Wan. Like, where is Obi-Wan? I can sense him near Tatooine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm serious. That'd be a cool movie. But there's not much Star Wars kind of left to tell if it doesn't include the Skywalker family because that is so pertinent. That is such at the core of what Star Wars is. It is the story of Anakin Skywalker and his family. 
and what happens to them. Of course, you have characters like Han Solo, but then he becomes part of the Skywalker family. Chewbacca. They well, yeah, but you know, I was also talking to a, a, a colleague about, you know, there's the stock characters like Star Wars works, and it's so relatable because you have the hero, the princess, the anti-hero, the old wise man. You have the troll along the way in Yoda. You have along with the anti-hero, his kind of you know, a creature beast companion. Um, you know what I mean? You have the villain in Darth Vader and Emperor uh, Palpatine, the manipulator. I mean, you, you have you have everything going for it. It's very stock character like. You know, so who so they're they're trying to recreate these characters, but like Finn, what is Finn? Why does he exist? Why should I care about him? I don't care about him. And I'll just say that him and Phasma had a little a little uh battle i don't care about him and phasma they don't mean anything to me they're not related to the skywalkers and he's not related to the force neither is she and who cares when poe is doing his stuff i don't care about him i really don't poe dameron is a waste of wasted character he has nothing to do with star wars i need to see skywalkers there could have been twice as many Luke scenes in that movie. And they missed a lot of opportunities with him. There was a scene where they showed his X-Wing underwater. They really were going to show his X-Wing underwater and then not call back to episode uh, five when Yoda pulled his X-Wing out of the swamp. Like, they were not going to have a scene. Like, I knew as soon as I saw that X-Wing in the water, I said, oh, my God, there's going to be a scene at the end of this movie where Luke gets his X-Wing out of the water to hearken back to when Yoda did it. Bada-bee, bada-boo. Like, even if he didn't fly it somewhere, even if he decided not, and they didn't do it. Like, you can't throw that shit out to a real Star Wars fan and then not go back to it and not acknowledge it. I'm going to do one spoiler. I'm going to do one. You all get one. Yoda is in the movie. Fucking Yoda is in episode eight. That scene gave me some chills. And I also loved um, the fact that they did, they called back to the original Yoda. If you watch the original Yoda, he is a fucking Muppet. And he's funny. He's goofy. Um, he's a puppet. And they did like the legit Yoda, Frank Oz, like Muppet puppet kind of thing. They didn't do prequel CGI Yoda. They did like the legit called back to the original films Yoda with him and Luke Skywalker. I also loved R2-D2 scene. R2-D2 had a scene where he um, showed the original message from Princess Leia like, help me, Obi-Wan, you're our only hope. I mean, just, there were moments of greatness in that where they called back to the original movies. Because, hey, you just can't put Luke Skywalker in a movie, Mark Hamill, and not, you know, call back a little bit to the original films. You can't do that. You got to call back a little bit. You know, you got to. You got to. I mean, someone told me Yoda was in the movie a while ago because they 
they spotted Frank Oz in uh, London or something at the studios where they were doing all the post or not post op uh, post uh, production or something like that. And I thought he, and I thought, well, I mean, I thought, well, how could Yoda be in the movie? I mean, of course, there's a Force ghost, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, uh, but I was kind of thinking, but then you know, Luke and this, that, and the other, and um, just uh, man. You know, you got to understand something. Star Wars is extremely important to me. Very important to me. It's a big part of my childhood and my life, and I love it. And I love any new Star Wars. So I didn't hate Episode Eight. I was disappointed in Episode Eight. And what I am hoping is that that movie is a spectacular bridge into Episode Nine. And that episode nine will make episode eight great. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? That this movie is part of a bigger picture. Though a lot of people think episode five is better than A New Hope, is better than the original Empire Strikes Back. Because it's so iconic. And I was waiting for those same iconic moments in this film. I was waiting for a moment where I was like, holy mother of God. Just like the I am your father. I was waiting for the I am your father moment. And I think they tried to have it. And it just, it fell flat. It fell flat because too much time is wasted with Poe and Finn and Rose and these people that don't matter to Star Wars that have nothing to do with the core of what Star Wars is. And it's because the core of what Star Wars is lies inside of George Lucas. And he is no longer in control. And that is the problem. Now, has George Lucas been shat on a lot for what he did in the prequels? Sure. Sure. And I can understand why he gave it up. He's like, you know what? Fuck all you people. You you hated the prequels. You told me to go jump up a thing, you know, whatever, this, that, and the other. Like, screw you, all you stupid fans. I'm just going to sell it to Disney, take my $4 billion, and middle finger to you. But with that, he gave up the true heart of Star Wars and what it is. It is a soap opera. It is about relationships. Watch A New Hope. Watch Empire Strikes Back. Watch... Uh, Return of the Jedi. Watch the the three prequels. It is about relationships. The relationship between Anakin and Padme, Anakin and Obi-Wan, Anakin and the Emperor, or, well, you know, Palpatine, whatever he is at that that moment. It focuses on those relationships. Oh, we got a love triangle now between Rey, Finn, and Rose, and people think Finn and Poe are gay, and it's like... That's not that's not real. That's not what the relationships that he's talking about. He's talking about serious, deep, emotional, force-driven, story-driven relationships. Now I say force-driven because you know we got the force here. We got you know it's it's inside of us. You know, but it binds us all together. That's lost to these new movies because everything is so vague and weird. Hey, I mean, you watch A New Hope. Let's say you watch A New Hope in a vacuum, just like my my dad and my cousins did back in the in uh, in the seventies. 
There, there was no other Star Wars. There was no expanded universe yet. There were no books, no comic books. So they, they left Star Wars like, holy fuck, what, what was all that about? The Force and light swords and a big hairy Chewbacca guy and a big guy with a mask and it's James Earl Jones and like, I find your lack of faith disturbing. And they're, they're blowing up planets and all this shit. You leave episode eight, you're like, who the fuck is Snoke? Who the fuck are Ray's parents? Bada bada bee, bada bada boo. So maybe I am just in, maybe I'm experiencing what my dad and cousins got to experience back then leaving the theater is back then, like Star Wars is such a big part. Like, like I, I realized today that they never mentioned the Sith in the original three movies, but I know that Darth Vader is a Sith Lord. In that Darth Sidious is, is a Sith Lord. In that the Sith is, but it's such a part of Star Wars that it's hard to not know it or think of Darth Vader as anything but that or go back and watch the original movies and realize, wow, they, they never say Sith, huh? Do they ever say Sith in the original three? Is Sith, was Sith a thing then? Was Sith something created for the prequels? We can understand something. I was a kid when the prequels came out. So for me, Sith has always existed. So am I experiencing now a lack of knowledge because it isn't there yet? Because it hasn't been explained yet. And in 10, 15 years, people who are kids now and have their podcasts will say, oh, of course Snoke was that. Oh, of course those were Ray's parents. Everyone knows that. Just like everyone knows the history of Star Wars and everything that's been happening from episode one through uh, one through six. Because now we have something new with seven, eight, nine. You know, I said at the beginning of the show, I had nothing to talk about. Well, I, I have to thank my friend Allie for telling me to talk about Star Wars because you can see a show that I was going to end uh, basically a half hour ago is now, I could probably talk another hour about this subject because you can see how how devoted I am to Star Wars. It's pretty incredible. I mean, I am not a master of the subject. I, there are people who know, I used to know a lot about Star Wars. I used to have a really uh, fantastic knowledge of it. I've I've moved that knowledge out to fill, and I have filled in knowledge about Lexuses, but, um, and their, you know, most popular components and things and how to sell them, but I still have quite a grasp on um, Star Wars. And as you can see, my passion for it uh, has, you know, has continued to this day from my childhood till now. Because Star Wars offers a world that I would love to be in or love to experience. It, it is a fantasy world. What I like about Star Wars is it's not so... It, it's, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's just fantastical enough. It's just fantasy and sci-fi. It's this wonderful mix of fantasy and sci-fi with such a simple story of a hero and a princess and a villain and their journey. It's so simple. It's the hero's journey. It's so simple. But has Disney, who's had their own hero's journey stories, taken Ray? made her the hero and have her follow 
a similar path. Were they trying to make Finn the Han Solo anti-hero? Were they... See, that's what I mean, though. They split the hero in Rey and Poe into two, making one of them, Poe, useless because the real hero is Rey. Does that make sense? I could write a book on the subject. It fires me up. Wow, it fires me, Star Wars. I used to be great at impersonations. I, I totally suck now. I have to practice more. Everything takes practice. Sometimes I sit at my drum set and I go, you know, Mike, you've been playing drums since you were like three years old. You suck because I don't practice. I bet if I went to go sing right now, I'd be terrible because I don't practice anymore. I don't sing anymore. You know what I'm really good at? Sleeping. I practice it every day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the show. I'm going to wrap this up. It has been an hour and 25 minutes on Facebook Live and an hour and 25 minutes, of course, uh, for the official show, which will be coming out on Friday, January 12th. Thank you so much for listening. And actually, I'll say goodbye right now to everyone on Facebook Live. Thank you so much for watching. Steve, thank you for your, your input. Of course, Julie, thank you for always being our number one fan. And we'll see you next week on Facebook Live. Thanks, guys. Let's finish up Facebook Live here. Um, I, I, um, video has ended. I will press done. Did the video get posted? I, I like to post it. I have no idea if it, if it posted or what. I really don't know how any of this works. Um, is it still in existence? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, it, it does It does exist. It's on Facebook now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to TMPS 75, and we'll see you next time on The Michael Papinchak Show. For all your tailoring needs, head up to Chico Tailors at 133 West North Street, Butler, PA, 16001. Call them at 724-287-5814. Email them at info at chicotailors.com. Chico is spelled C-I-C-C-O. Over four generations of experience goes into every garment.